Welcome back to NerdGab. My name is Anil and I am the host and creator of the NerdGab community. Thank you for clicking this episode. And before I jump right into today's topic, I just wanted to remind you all to follow me on social media for more content that I don't always cover in these podcasts. Now you can find me on Twitter and Vero at nerd underscore gab and on Instagram at NerdGab where the conversations about today's particular topic already has some people really heated. So hopefully I'll see you in the comments where we can chat about all things nerdy. And speaking of heated topics, by now many people have had a chance to see Wonder Woman 1984, or at least hear some of the mixed reviews surrounding the movie just four weeks after its release. But before I can actually start talking about the movie, I have to bring up a conversation that I had with a friend of mine, who pointed out that my position on the movies that I talk about may not always be clear to those who are listening. So let me dedicate a portion of this episode to clearly state my rating of Wonder Woman 1984. So here goes. After watching Wonder Woman 1984 twice, I can say with absolute certainty that it was a terrible movie. Now, Obviously, there are people who liked Wonder Woman 1984 as it has enough to please the simplest of audiences, but there's a lot to unpack here that I'm going to use to defend my position. So to go a step further, I'm going to say that my biggest problem with this movie is actually the story and the poor approach to writing. As I mentioned earlier, there's a lot to unpack here, but I'm strictly saying that Wonder Woman 1984, for me, was not a good movie. The story was not cohesive, it was all over the place, the performances were not at their best, and the action was plain boring. And most of all, when compared to its predecessor, it fails in comparison. One can even say it wonderfully fails. Now, if you're still here, thank you for being a rational listener who is open to hearing things that may conflict with what you think. And I promise to list most of my issues with the movie. And at the end, maybe I can provide a new perspective for you. Or at the very least, it will make you feel more confident about your own ideas about the movie. Let me just say that I'm really not aiming to attack people who like this movie. I'm more interested in pointing out all of the reasons that I don't like this movie and why I think it's a terrible sequel to Wonder Woman 2017. If you liked Wonder Woman 1984, that's great, and I'm happy someone liked it. But it doesn't change the fact that there are many reasons why it's terrible. And to join the discussion, I thought it would be a great idea to have the perspective of two other Wonder Woman fans. So returning to NerdGab today is Crystal, who has been a Wonder Woman fan forever. And we're also welcoming Lindsay, who has expressed great interest in getting to voice her thoughts on this movie today. So, Crystal, Lindsay, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, you know. Thanks for having me. Wish it was under better circumstances. Well, <laughs> I know. We're, we're here to talk about Wonder Woman 1984, which released on on demand here in Canada on December 25th. I know some people in the States had seen it prior. They were able to go to the theaters. Myself and Crystal, we both watched it Christmas Day. How about you, Lindsay? I did not. I actually waited uh, about a week. So I think I watched it maybe the first week of January um, just to kind of wait for feedback so I can lower my expectations a little bit because the people that I talked to said it wasn't it wasn't that great. So, you know, I, I was really excited about it. So I'm kind of glad I waited and kind of tempered expectations. Actually, that's that's good because we were waiting for this movie for a long time. It was supposed mm-hmm. to come out originally in, I think, June of 20, 2020. 
was it March or June? I don't know. I think it was June. Let's say mm. let's say it was supposed to be either Q1 or Q2 of of 2020. Mm-hmm. And of course with, you know, the pandemic, everything kind of got pushed. A lot of movies actually that we were looking forward to got delayed including like James Bond, I think it was called No Time to Die or something like that, A Quiet Place 2. So a lot of like big theater movies that we were going to be interested what in. What about watching. Dune? Was Dune supposed to come out already? Um, I don't know if it was supposed to come out. I know they, I know it got pushed back. I'm not sure if it was in the production that got pushed back or in the release. But yeah, like a lot, even things that were not being released got pushed back just because production wise, like we were supposed to get closer to Robert Pattinson or uh, Matt Reeves' Batman was supposed to be coming out a little earlier this year. I think it got pushed back to maybe the end of the year or maybe even 2022. I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, we were waiting for Wonder Woman 1984 eagerly since they announced that they were doing a sequel because as much as the the first one was great, like I was hoping that we would get to see them raise the bar for the second movie. So I guess that leads me into one of my questions that I had for both of you, which was what were your anticipations like for this movie after seeing Wonder Woman 2017? Why don't we start with you, Lindsay? Well, first of all, I really liked the first one. I think most people can agree it was, it was really well done. And because there's not a lot of, you know, female, um, superheroes out right now. It was really, I guess, a new thing that they discovered there. So I was kind of looking forward to the second one, kind of matching expectations that was set forth by the first one. But um, definitely did not work out that way. Um, I think maybe they kind of missed the mark on a, on a lot of things there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. How about you, Chris? Okay, well, I watch this trailer religiously like every single day. Like the amount of times I listen to the soundtrack on Spotify, seeing her in that golden suit i was so excited i'm like yes we're gonna get this fight i know gal gadot is not pregnant anymore so i was expecting and anticipating a giant fight and we all know how that went <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> i was gonna talk about that yeah. i'll talk about the fight in a little bit just because I, I as you guys know i watched it twice so i was able to on the second viewing kind of nitpick a little bit more i remember first time i watched i messaged or spoke to you chris and i was like i within the first 10 minutes i i absolutely didn't was not feeling this oh movie. yeah yeah you're like mm, i'm not sure about minutes? it yeah he was like i'm not sure about it i'm like Shh, give it a chance see it was the first yeah. 10 minutes for me that was like okay we're, we're going somewhere something we're going somewhere with this and then all of a sudden it just did not it was almost like the filmmakers knew we're going to give you a little bit of an action sequence here and we're going to make you think that this is going to be the pace of the whole movie <laughs> but then we're going to disappoint you Severely mm-hmm. at some point, you know. So that's kind of. They made it, it seem like. like it was going to be a, like a thick, like a like filled with action, filled with lots of action, lots of excitement. The music was so pumped up for like the trailer. I was expecting so much. Yeah. Okay. So let yeah let's talk about that trailer for a sec. Okay. So we're talking about the trailer that features the Blue Monday soundtrack uh, mm-hmm, by Orgy. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little remixed or it's like revamped. Um, it's got the beat. It's, it's like hinting at a lot of like. You know, it, that trailer had us guessing. And I remember speaking to a couple other people and we were like, you know, they're they're building it up for some big heartbreak because as we see in that trailer, Steve Trevor comes back. And we at that time, we didn't really know much about how they were going to bring him back. So that trailer, I, I watched it a, a number of times too. And I know my family, they were really hyped coming off of watching Wonder Woman 2017. And that trailer just built the anticipation for that movie. And it was supposed to be like this big summer blockbuster. So 
for me, when I say the first 10 minutes, um, I'm not really referring to the, that whole sequence on Themyscira. Although for me, that sequence had its own issues. Like I don't, I can't really explain why Diana is taking part in the games. Did, did, <laughs> did you guys have an issue with that? Yeah. Because like, do whatever she wants. But then they're like, oh, it's only for like the bravest of warriors, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, she's like five years old. Why is she participating? She's taking a spot from someone. I just, yeah. I didn't, you know what? I just didn't even question it. I was like, yeah. I, was I know, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it because that was probably the best scene in the whole movie. But like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it was happening. Like, was it a holiday for them? Like, Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Here, here's my thing. Okay. So she, in, in the comics, and maybe I should clarify, I, I'm a big DC fan, but when it comes to the, the comics and where they're drawing their inspiration from for the movie, I don't have a lot of exposure to, to Wonder Woman. I have maybe three Wonder Woman stories that are just standalone Wonder Woman graphic novels. Um, everything else that I have that is Wonder Woman, it's usually a tie-in with something else. So she's either... Uh, it's either a Trinity story or it's it's her and Superman or her Batman and Superman and the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of where they would have drawn inspiration from. But I do know one specific thing from her origin, which they actually draw on for the animated movie, which is when she takes part in the games um, or the trials. I forget, I forget what they call it. She actually does it in secrecy yeah um, without without her mother knowing and she bests all the other amazon warriors by beating them in the games and there is a number of like challenges and, and and obstacles that she does this one seemed more of like a race like an obstacle race which was okay but it just made me think listen you have this whole island of Amazonian warriors who are basically just preparing themselves to get beat up by Steppenwolf <laughs> in the future. <laughs> and they're bested by this little girl who, you know, she, of course she, we, we learn later on she's, she's the daughter of Zeus and Hippolyta. So she has natural gifts that would give her better ability. But come on, you're telling me these other Amazonian warriors just they couldn't best her in like some parts of the obstacle yeah. course like <laughs> that's true, I don't yeah. I know I don't think they were yeah and the thing is I don't think they were thinking about that like critically maybe when they put the scene in because I think it was just to meet the ends of the whole the meaning behind it you know you can't mm-hmm. achieve things um by lying it has to be through honesty and that kind of like sets the tone for the whole movie or whatever lesson they're trying to impart on viewers there so I think that was probably maybe the groundwork of why they wanted to include that scene without actually thinking, why would this child be, you know, running around and partaking in this with a bunch of older, probably more capable women? I don't know. Yeah, I see. And that would make sense, right? Because you can have that lesson be taught to a child. Whereas if it were an older Diana trying to learn that lesson, it would be kind of awkward that she didn't already have Mm -hmm. that (laughs) understanding already. So yeah, I I understand why they went with a younger, but then why make it the games? You know, like why not make it some other, you know, some other facet of her youth that Mm -hmm. she would have come across, you know, wanting to to have something that she didn't actually earn or wasn't um, through the means of truth. Right. And maybe it's just the whole thing of action. And I, I actually heard that Patty Jenkins had to fight Warner Bros. 
I don't know if fight's the right word, but I, I've heard that she was very adamant about having that scene included in the movie and they were not. So I'm not sure. I, I can see that it needed to be there because they try to tie back to it later on at the end of the movie. But for me, it didn't deliver. Like the lesson she learns there in that movie, or sorry, in the beginning, isn't really about what she's talking about at the end of the movie. Because if you think about it, what she tries to do is she tries to win the race because she's competitive, right? And I don't, I don't, they don't really explain what winning the race or winning that obstacle will do. Like, do you get yeah, to be no like, <laughs> yeah, do you get to be like the queen's guard? Uh, do you get some sort of like recognition amongst ranking? Like, is there a ranking or something like that? Like, it doesn't really tell you why she's so um, eager to win. But we want her to win because we we, we identify with um, her drive and her like resort what what she resorts to to try and win. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the movie, when she's l- giving the lecture, she's talking to people about you know achieving things through truth, like the things that you want, you can't ach- you can't attain them through means of like, um, yeah. But like we're talking about people who may have wished for their child not to die. Yeah, or like world peace or something. Who knows? Yeah. So like, I don't know. I guess it didn't really, it didn't hit the part. It didn't hit the mark for me. It didn't tie back to that scene. It just sort of felt like they were, it it very loosely ties back to that scene. I don't know how you guys feel about it. You know what this movie kind of gave me feelings for? It was um, the third X-Men, Apocalypse. (laughs) <laughs> you know and it just kind of fell apart like you had really high hopes for it and I know no you're not like the biggest Marvel fan but anyway I'm gonna just draw a com- like a comparison there with that because that's kind of how I felt after watching you know Wonder Woman it's something about it just didn't hit the mark the execution was poor things just didn't line up um so that's kind of like the vibe that I got with it mm-hmm. now um going into it or at least going into Wonder Woman 2017 um were you were you always a fan of Wonder Woman or did you sort of become a fan more so after watching that movie and that's sort of where you are in terms of being a a Wonder Woman fan? I think definitely the latter. Um, It was just so well done, the first one. And and DC doesn't have, you know, the best reputation for creating, you know, um, particularly good movies. I'm sorry Mm. to say that, but um, (laughs) Wonder Woman was actually very good. I like the take that they took on it you know, drawing um, World War One into it, the whole backstory, everything kind of lined up in a way and made sense. And I feel like they tried to maybe do the same thing here and just and didn't achieve that really, especially with um, Steve Trevor. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, know th- I know that's your favorite character. Um, Chris, what about you? Like, did, did Wonder Woman 2017 hit all the notes for you as a fan, like being a fan of it uh, since childhood? Yeah, honestly, I love Wonder Woman, and I loved her forever. So even watching the 2017 movie, I really liked that. I really liked seeing her interact with Steve um, and her coming into the war and everything. It was pretty good. I was okay with it. You know, I specifically like the scene where she's walking out onto the trench. Like, I rewatched that scene probably, like, 20 times a year, so. (laughs) (laughs) The the no-man's land scene, right? Where everyone's like, you can't go up there, and she's like, watch me. I'm gonna do it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like that—that's something that I—I I, I wish they had taken and run with a little bit more in mm-hmm. in the second movie. Um, I understand the context, or at least the the setting is different. 
um, because my the thing I love about Wonder Woman is she is she's a badass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she is a warrior. She's fearless. Um, I love that she can basically like toss Superman around in in the in the comics at least the ones that I've read. She's she's badass enough to pretty much stand up to him and he might actually be afraid to take her on in a fight just because she is she's she's she won't back down even though he he possesses all these magical powers and abilities she would still put up a big enough fight and i i like the warrior mm-hmm. aspect of her mm-hmm. right and i think yeah. wonder woman 2017 they hit on that warrior note so much because like she charges into battle right she charges yeah. into that scene she leads them into the into the village that was um, uh, overrun by the mm-hmm. the enemy soldiers, and she like demolishes them. Like she she, I think she head puts a tank. <laughs> she lifts a tank. She like yeah. Oh man, she goes through a wall. It was amazing, and that comes the- back from her roots, right? Like she's from that island bred of like warriors. Mm-hmm. What they were trained to do from young. So you expect that, and then you go into this new movie and it's like she's like teehee i'm you know a business lady just doing my job yeah also <laughs> you know, like her identity is kind of like watered it's, it's down tied up yeah it's a bit tied up with her yearning for steve in a way mm-hmm. and yeah she, her her strength kind of um gets overshadowed by by that emotion i think that she carries throughout the film mm-hmm. yeah. or it's like her desire to be a warrior is like watered down or mm-hmm. mixed into society now and I, I feel like when they were writing this, they probably thought like, you know, let's let's stray away a little bit from like the whole warrior aspect and kind of focus on other things that make her strong, which is, you know, her heart. Of course, she has she has the biggest heart of any character in the in the main Justice League because she always wishes for, you know, the prosperity and like the, the good of man because she's all, all all she's heard growing up is stories about how man has become like the, the, the destruction of the world. Um, so she represents like that compassion and that, that belief that they can be good, which in uh, Batman versus Superman at the end, she pretty much says, you know, like for a hundred years, I, I walked away from man because all I saw was like death and destruction. Mm-hmm. But then we know that's not true because in 1984, She's over here in shopping malls saving like little girls and stuff. Yeah, and daylight too, like <laughs> just <laughs> just walking around in her costume. So I don't know. Are you guys? Do you guys remember that? Do you guys fondly remember Sam Raimi Spider Man with Tobey Maguire? Because <laughs> that was the vibe I got for that whole seek. So that whole sequence after after the Themyscira part. Mm-hmm. after the credits and it's like wonder woman 1984 and she you know there's like this lady she's jogging and then these mm-hmm. two douchebags are like driving this car real fast and then they're all they almost hit her because they're not paying attention she kicks the car and then she's like zips around town like saving people with the lasso and i it got i it got i got so <laughs> much spider-man like sam raimi spider-man vibes from mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. I, I instantly felt like nope this is this is not good this is not heading in a good, in a good in a good direction, and that whole mall sequence. Yeah, I feel like it didn't fit her tone, like from warrior to like your friendly neighborhood uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, which I, you know what, uh, some of the inspiration I think that they went with. Uh, Patty Jenkins talks a lot about how she was inspired by Richard Donner's Superman, and I got I got that vibe watching this movie. 
but like did we really need to go back to that style of storytelling could we not have brought her into a bit more modern like why was this movie even based in 1984 yeah and they really wanted to remind you that it was in the 80s like, even <laughs> for one second forgot that it was in 1984 yeah but i like i thought they could have done such a better job especially with the soundtrack not really like aside from that one song in the trailer and maybe like two others like nothing else screamed 80s to me aside from like a, or the you know the the style of like the the, the costumes and and like some settings but other than montage. that <laughs> with Steve Trevor <laughs> oh yeah K-pack? yeah like now that Can you we... mention it there was no real purpose for it to be in the 80s mm-hmm. I read that Patty Jenkins sort of thought that the 80s was around the time period or is the time period where a lot of the formation of our modern beliefs sort of stem from and that it would be good to set Wonder Woman in that time period. But I believe the reason that it was set in the 80s is because, yeah, that's a, actually a good point. Um, I didn't I didn't consider that. But I think one of, or one of the reasons why I thought they would have gone with the 80s is because they wanted to keep it away from the main dceu as much as possible and Mm. bruce wayne and clark kent would not have existed or not have been formed at that point you know what i mean so there would be no reason to have them referenced or referred to in this movie but yeah that whole mall sequence it was very off-putting for me like why would there be a black market in the back of a jewelry store at the mall why would like someone wine? who's trying to rob a jewelry store then pick up a kid trying to like throw them over? <laughs> like, yeah, <did> why? <laughs> like, yeah, like he he just kept saying like I'm not going back, I'm not going back. Well, you have you have now confirmed <laughs> that, yeah. that you're going back to jail. You've drawn attention to yourself, sir. There is no turning back from this. <laughs> you have a kid dangling over a railing at a mall. Yeah. Oh my god. So with with that whole like mall sequence, you know, one of the things that I was questioning um, while watching the movie, as you as you know, I've made like a huge list of questions, because all this movie does is make you ask questions and not answer those questions. So I guess we can start talking about some of the performances. As you know, Pedro Pascal is having a pretty good few years now with his uh, com- just coming off of the Mandalorian of course playing uh, Maxwell Lord in this movie and then Kristen Wiig playing Barbara Minerva aka Cheetah what what did you guys feel or how did you guys feel about those performances I mean I, d- I think they did well with what they were given and I think you know the character of, of Maxwell Lord kind of encompasses that whole 80s feel, that need for for greed. I think that's probably why they said it there too, because it's that's his whole story, you know, like wanting more, wanting to achieve more because of his upbringing. He didn't achieve what he wanted to when he was younger. So I think the story that they gave him, the character that they crafted for him, he did the best that he could with it. And any kind of shortcomings was not, you know, from him. I think Christian Wiig also did very good with what she was given, although her character, I think, it kind of fell off for me towards the end a little bit with her. Mm. I wasn't sure you? that, yeah. How about you, no. Chris? 
I felt well I don't know about Pascal honestly like I'm like did he really love his son like I didn't even feel a connection between him and his son I don't know if that's because of the script or because of the acting but I didn't care for it um I I think Lindsay's right like they they did the best they could but with Kristen Wiig's character oh my god all I look at her and all I think about is like bridesmaid or some kind of rom-com or some kind of you know something that'll make you laugh I look at her and I don't feel anything scary I don't feel a threat I don't know why she was casted for this role I don't know I don't know I don't I you know sometimes we get we get to a point where we start to question or we we instantly hate a casting decision um, that was I'll, me I'll for Kristen the, Wiig yeah yeah I'll be the first to admit that when I heard you know Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker I'll, I'll admit the, the first time I heard that I was not happy and <laughs> I was <laughs> so yeah so getting to that getting to that so after watching Dark Knight and Heath Ledger blowing my mind away and mm-hmm. I openly admitted to everyone that I was absolutely wrong I thought you know maybe I'll be a little more open to whatever casting choices they make because clearly these people are professionals they're actors they can you know that's their their job is to make us believe right with Robert Pattinson that was probably my breaking point where I thought <laughs> no like this is this is it we're done DC's over this this is the end of all things DC they've ruined it they've casted Twilight they casted <laughs> Edward Cullens as Batman like you I'm, can't get any worse than this I'm sitting in a restaurant I see a text from you and you're like something oh horrible has happened and I'm like oh my god something horrible what what has happened and then you tell me they've casted Robert Pattinson as Batman I'm like okay no <laughs> thank you for intruding on my dinner hey everyone needs to know everyone needs to know when I'm going through the when I'm going through the motions oh um, but on a side note I will say after watching that first trailer uh, I'm a little I'm a little more convinced but also, if you had a chance to listen to my Tenet podcast, you will know that one of the things I liked most about the movie was actually Robert Pattinson's character. So I'm I'm no longer against the Robert Pattinson casting of Batman, and I'm just now just eager to see what, what he does. But in the case of Kristen Wiig, I think she was horribly miscast. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't I don't blame that on her. I don't think that I can say that she did a bad job. I just think that when you think about Wonder Woman and you think, especially the first movie, when I think about who can stand up to Wonder Woman, I don't picture Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. No matter how you try to transform her uh, through the story, through the trans- the actual physical transformation that she makes, I didn't believe that she was an actual threat. Exactly. She's just scary. Oh. She just, yeah. Like, I would have preferred someone that was on equal terms with Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. Like, we can look at her and be like, ooh, like, she's actually equally, like, fierce, badass in her own way. Or maybe someone um, who's, guys- like, physically, like, really built, you know, like, can crush her skull kind of built, like, you know? Yeah. Who would you guys would have, who would you have casted in your role? Someone... Big. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would have gone. I don't know if I would have gone with someone big. But I, I want I would someone not... big. I want someone that's gonna crush my skull. Big. <laughs> They're playing cheetah, who's like an animal, who's like you know, big size. They have to have big size. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. 
yeah, I don't know. I, I can't even think. Maybe you put me on the spot here, but like, do you have someone in mind that you would have thought? Oh, oh, what about that girl? That girl from um, The Walking Dead with the katana? Michonne? The, yeah. The girl that plays Michonne? Mm -hmm. That would have been interesting, but I think she's she's tied up with, isn't she tied up with Oh, Mar yeah, uh, yeah. Marvel? She's, oh, she's, my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't think they would let her. No, they probably I think wouldn't. It's like, yeah, I don't think so. That would have been interesting. Right. Um, but I actually would like would have liked it like to see her as as Vixen instead. Mm, oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Lindsay, who do you think? For for Cheetah? Mhm. Mm yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like uh, briefly, very briefly, I thought about Margot Robbie. Um, oh. but again, like I don't know, she's also, you know, playing Harley Quinn too, so mm -hmm. maybe she yeah. didn't really quite fit the bill. I don't know. It is a tough one and that's and it, you know, Kristen Wiig, she she's so tied to her SNL personality sometimes to yeah. a fault and I think people really view her in in these comedic roles and I think you know as an actor you want to break out with that break out from that and and do different things so you know I could appreciate that she wants to take on these these different roles but it's just so hard as a viewer to kind of separate her mm -hmm. past and acting and, and what she's trying to do now yeah mm -hmm. yeah like I can't picture her in a serious role mm -hmm. But that's not to say that she can't do it. It's just exactly, that I, yeah. I, I don't think this was the one. I don't think, yeah. you know what I mean. If anything, this may, may prove to whoever is make like consider casting her for a serious role that maybe, maybe she can't. But who knows? Like, they they always surprise, right? Like, casting Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was like a shot in the dark. Um, when she auditioned for the role, she didn't even know it was one woman that she was she was auditioning to play. So mm -hmm. that so was good. like a oh, she's so good. I think <laughs> we get. You know what I think it is? I think it's because she's so pretty that we <laughs> kind of <tall>. forget. <laughs> Aside from like her life being kind of like a Wonder Woman story, right? Like yeah. she was um, like a supermodel at one point. She like has her hands in a lot of the politics in her home country. Um, I believe she was in the military or something like that, mm -hmm. or she served some. So like, yeah, like, there are, there are traits there that she can rely on uh, like experience wise to, to bring to the character. But Kristen mm -hmm. Wiig, I just, I did not believe it. Um, so, and it, it just bothered me. It was like in the very beginning of the movie, she's, she plays the character she is all the time, right? Like mm -hmm. she's this goofy character and she's got the same Clumsies. like stuttery. Yeah. Clumsy. The lines are stuttery and it's like, she's, she's, She's doing her normal thing. And then when she transforms into this bad girl, you know, <laughs> the, eyeliner. <laughs> the eyeliner, the outfit, I didn't buy it. It, it. it didn't sell me on, on like, yeah. And like, why would she be bad? Or why would she be mean to the only person that was nice to her? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like everyone else was a dick. Everyone else tried to, you know, either ignore her or make fun of her or physically harass her. Why would she be like a complete ass to Diana, who was the only friend she really had? Like, why? Like, is this is this a girl thing? Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's like a problematic message. Is that a problematic exactly. message that women can't, you know, work together without having some sense of rivalry? You know, like the mm -hmm. two powerful women can't work together or be civil to each other for some. And then reason. why does she know. go out and yeah. buy a whole wardrobe within that week? Like, <laughs> what was happening? <laughs> the 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 whole thing about the the dreams is it the dreamstone or I, I know it's called the chaos crystal or something like that or chaos stone mm. 
which by the way is not something that Wonder Woman actually comes across throughout the stories in the comics from what I know um, it's more um, I forget who the character is that actually interacts with it the most but it does exist within the DC lore but the whole thing about the, the stone is that it's supposed to take something that is your most valued thing in exchange for what you wish for right so we're saying that her most valued thing or the thing that she that that was the best about her was her personality but no one liked her personality to begin with so i was like because <laughs> diana says diana says to her it's like what is it costing you and i'm like well she she's less of a she's less of a nerd now i guess <laughs> which is so is bad that, uh, yeah i just i don't know and i still i sorry what were you saying yeah. No, I was going to say that I just have so many problems with the stone itself because mm -hmm. Maxwell Lord knowing about the stone, and I don't know if you guys um, like saw my my Twitter post that I posted on Instagram. I had this back and forth with um, a fan of the movie who absolutely oh, yeah. loved the movie, and no, but it actually I posted I posted that conversation midway through thinking it was over but it ended up going even longer oh than what i posted and the gist of it is i asked the question you know why does maxwell lord know about the stone how can you explain why he knows about the stone when no one else knows about it and the response from that particular person and in general from people on these forum boards and in online is that he he knew about it through his you know try to get rich quick schemes right mm. but it doesn't explain how him knowing about it first of all his we find out that he's broke right we know that mm -hmm. he has no money um he's pretty much leading everyone on this like belief that he's this well-established oil tycoon right but without the money you can't drill you can't drill, you can't operate, you can't have regular operations. Okay, they kind of explain how he gets the money through Simon Stagg. Stagg is another character from the DC lore, who is like a business person. He's also sort of a bad guy. So he gets into business with Stagg. That's where he gets his money from. Fine. But you're telling me that you know about the stone. So, Lindsay, you learned that there's this stone that if you get your hands on it, it, it may grant you all the things that you desire right mm -hmm. are you gonna have this stone shipped to some black market store in a mall <laughs> that you have to then go and pick up yourself or are you gonna mm -hmm. like have some s specific way of getting it to yourself like a team or something like that off broke. the records <laughs> 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 you know? oh my god is that what it is man like is that what it is <laughs> But then it still doesn't explain why he knows about it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because Diana, who's 500 years old at the time this movie takes place, doesn't even recognize it when she holds it, right? It's not even, until she sees the inscription. Yeah, even Barbara, who's like a PhD, who has like three PhDs and God knows what, doesn't even recognize it when she holds it and looks at it either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, because they, they both say it's like, it's like this nothing stone. It's just mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. worthless value. It's like worth 75 bucks or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then 
Maxwell Lord knows more about it than they do from scripture and from text. Uh, these are all things that they sort of plant on his desk as how they explain why, what, what, it, or how he knows about it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't explain how, though. It doesn't explain how one, how he knew about it. You know how he was able to get his hands on it why he didn't just go pick it up why he would even have it in his name because that's how she draws the, the connection right mm-hmm. because she looks at the receipt and it's the same as the his name on the card i'm like how is it convenient mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't it just convenient that he would order it and it would be in his name but yeah i mean like the whole the whole wishing thing when you think about movies that involve that whole magic of wishing there are some rules to it, right? They establish the rules of how wishing works. But there there don't seem to be clearly defined rules for this wishing stone because... I know, even he, Aladdin had rules, you know? <laughs> yeah, like there are specific... Okay, like we, okay, we don't necessarily need rules to be told to us, but at least keep, keep it consistent, mm-hmm. which this movie doesn't do because some people, like he, he, t- he takes a wish from... Okay, so he's about to wish that he has an audience with the president right oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he asks the guy he's like um don't you wish i had an audience with the president today and the guy's like sure and mm-hmm. then it didn't happen he's like wait did i already grant you a wish he's like yeah i think the guy asked for a car or something like that but then in the plane he's able to give barbara another, another wish. wish yeah <laughs> and i'm like well if if you're projecting this message out to the world that they can have all of their desires aren't those people going to just wish for 100 things at once like everyone's mm-hmm. going to wish for multiple things. Mm-hmm. So there's no there's no clearly defined rule about the the wishing thing. Okay, wait, about then, this character. Why did he just wish for a success? Like why did he wish to become the wishing stone? How did he even know that was going to work? <laughs> how would he know that he wouldn't just become a stone? that's a pretty bold move you know like to just wish all willy-nilly like that's true Mm -hmm. but things they didn't describe his character like what did his character really want did he want money did he want success did he want like his son's love because he could have just wished for that he didn't have to go through this whole (laughs) ordeal or or to like add on to what you just said like why didn't he just wish for all of his plans to be successful that way he would never that means that he would never fail Exactly. So why not just exactly. wish for like, I wish that all of my endeavors succeed. And what would be mm-hmm. taken away from him, though? What was taken away from him? His you know what they could have done? <laughs> they could have done something where it's like his wishes cost him his son or something. You that's what, what I'm mean? saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I thought that's what they were building up to because we really had no reason for this kid to be there, and this kid is left alone a lot in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But he finds him at the end out of nowhere in an open out of the area. forest. Yeah. 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 Okay. So take it. Okay. Because we're jumping all over the place, but that's fine. I love this conversation. So take in mind, take in mind. Okay. He's on a military base somewhere in like a small island or something like that. Mm-hmm. His son is somewhere back in Washington. I, we do, they don't describe the distance, but it must have been a good distance because it took Diana like half a day to get there. <laughs> but then he flies back while it's nighttime. It's still night. The fight happens during the night, and he flies back. Okay, we, we'll make up. We'll make up the story for them because the writing's sloppy and it's lazy, and they don't do this enough. We'll say that he met with a soldier and he used a wish or something to no get he them. renounced is... his wish don't forget he renounced it before listen, he we're... went onto the airplane <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen we're writing this we're writing the story for them okay we can't fix every, every plot hole they have 
Okay, he flew. He flew the helicopter himself. He flew how, the helicopter. How he know how to fly the helicopter? It, it must have been one of his wishes. I don't know. He went up to the person, relied on their their you know good intentions, said, "I need to find my son. My son's all the way here. I just want to get uh, back to him." And the guy's like, mm-hmm. okay. "There you go. That's it. There you go. See, see, this is why we should be there writing <laughs> writing stories for them." Okay, so the person flies, the soldier or whatever, the helicopter flies him back to Washington, D.C., which is still a fair distance from wherever they were, and then finds his son, luckily finds his son somewhere. But then that whole reconnecting and, you know, the, the I have to tell you something, and you know, I'm not a good guy. And then the son's like, it's okay, Dad, I still love you. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> There's no reason for this kid to love him. He's been left alone so many times. That's in this what movie. I'm saying. They try to build like a relationship to make you feel something, but there was nothing to feel. Yeah, there wasn't much backstory. There, there was no connection. Okay, let's let's talk about something else because this this particular <laughs> this particular topic as it came up um, just after the movie, and um, I posted about it, and I got a lot of comments. From people calling me snowflake, calling Aww. me, you know, toxic, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> okay. So this topic is, you know, how, and I, I want to hear from both of you. So, like, how do you guys feel about the way Steve Trevor is brought back? Okay. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's go with, let's go. With, okay. Chris, you go. Okay. Let's, like, this stone has such power. You're telling me you can't bring back a soul and materialize a body? Mm-hmm. It has to kidnap another man's body unconsciously? Where did that man's soul go? <laughs> like, where was that soul? Where did he go? What happened to him? You know, when he woke yeah, up. Yeah, was he what... dead? Yeah. Did Does he remember care? anything? <laughs> what about job his job? To go to? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how does that make sense? Like, you're just going to time out one soul and put another soul in that person's body. Where does the other soul go? So, so what are your, what is your overall thought there, Crystal? Is like your question, you're asking all these questions, but like, what do you, how do you feel about it? What I'm trying to say is there's no answers. I know there's no answers to these questions. It doesn't make sense. Forget about society. Okay. Forget about all that consent and all those issues. It doesn't make sense practically. Why couldn't the stone just materialize his body? Like, why? Or why couldn't he just been a vision that she, you know? Oh, um, that would have been cool. Like, if she looks into mirrors she... and that's where, like, she sees him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Lindsay? What What are your thoughts? Because I know Chris Pine is one of your favorite oh, actors. Chris I know. Pine. Let's talk about Chris Pine for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, from Star Trek, you know, that's where it all kind of started. But mm. um, look, I'm never going to fault any filmmaker for wanting to put Chris Pine in the film here. Okay. I appreciate <laughs> it. Okay. You're doing me a bit of a favor here. He's, he's nice to look at. I'm good with that. He's a good actor. However, and this is a strong however, I don't understand the way in which they brought him back here. And it's exactly what mm-hmm. Crystal's saying. Why this this stone could turn a woman to look like a cat. Okay? You're telling me <laughs> that it can't bring him back as just like as he was, as he was when they last saw each other. Like we're you're already making the viewers go through such leaps and bounds. You may like this is not gonna blow our minds if you just do this one thing for us. Instead, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. putting his his soul, his whatever it is, into another man. And there is, again, many questions about where where is that guy? Does he have a job? Does he have loved ones? Like, he had a life before, but now he's missing. Why aren't people concerned? 
but Chris Pine is now in his body. Why not just have him just be a separate entity like how he was? And, mm-hmm. you know, they, then we won't have any more of these questions. And then there wouldn't have been, like, what Chris was saying, that whole issue about consent. Everything would have been fine if we just didn't go down that path. Yeah. I think I think Lindsay should write the third movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start. So, I'm gonna start the hashtag right now. <laughs> so mind-boggling to me. There's just so many issues with that, and and the fact she's the only one that saw him like that. You know, she's the mm-hmm. only one that saw him looking like that. Everybody else saw that same guy, and she sees him. At Wait, the end. but didn't Max Lord know it was him somehow? Did he? Yeah. Like in so the th- in the White House. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up actually, because uh, there's there right there is a problem with the story, right? Because with with Steve Trevor coming back, um, we okay, we're we're audience members. We know mm-hmm. why he was brought back. He was brought back deliberately to be that emotional connection for Diana, so that she has to go through like this hard this hard decision, right? We mm-hmm. like before before we even knew what the story was, and we saw him in the trailer. We knew there was something up, right? Yeah. Are we going to talk we about ex- how that's a problem though, as well? Because <laughs> that's a problem. Anyway, continue. Which one? Which one? Him, like this whole, you know, him coming back, and we know that somehow her decisions are gonna be tied to him somehow, and how that's a bit problematic there always. And it worked with the first movie, but with mm-hmm. this one, it just it just did not work at all. But continue. Yeah. Okay. So what Crystal was saying earlier is like Maxwell Lord um, knew that Steve Trevor um, was a result of Diana's wish, right? But here's the problem. Number one, um, Diana makes that wish internally. When she, mm-hmm. when they learn about the stone, you know, being able to grant the power, grant a wish, and they, they, um, they're kind of joking about it. She kind of holds it to herself, and she kind of closes her eyes. And we know she makes like this internal wish, right? Because the scenes before that, she was like having dinner by herself. Um, you know, she's looking up at the sky and seeing a plane and I don't know why there's no, there's no possibility in her, in her life to fall in love again, but you know, <laughs> I know Chris has, oh, wait, wait, don't about... go there. <laughs> I like that storyline. Okay. Every good storyline is where one person loves another person, like, you know, <laughs> like in fantasy romance and stuff and that one person dies and the other person must live life forever, especially if they're immortal. That sucks. Okay. But that makes it good. Yeah, but what if what if she had fallen in love and then he came back and now she had like this this whole like turmoil and like conflicting like, um, <laughs> conflicting. You know what? That movie oh, Christian Wick can act in that movie. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> okay. Christian Wick could be the main character for that rom com you're writing, okay? <laughs> okay, so right. So she makes this she makes the wish internally, right? So it's not said out loud. Um so now we're we're meant to understand that this this wishing stone can actually grant wishes that are not said out loud mm-hmm. even though everyone else in the movie has to say their wish out loud so she makes that wish internally find steve trevor's back but then during the white house fight scene when they're trying to catch maxwell lord steve trevor's character kind of grabs maxwell lord and he says oh maxwell lord goes to him and says you know what do you wish for do you wish you were a real boy but how would he have known that? And That's why would he saying. say that to a guy that doesn't look like Steve Trevor? Because mm-hmm. to him, it shouldn't look like Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. He should only look like Steve Trevor to her. Mm-hmm. And why would he know that Steve Trevor is not real? Unless you're saying every wish that came before, he has some sort of record or history of because now he is the wishing stone. 
right? So what happens now after that is gone? Does he just lose all of that knowledge? Like what what happens? Because the world so goes back clarified. to normal. Exactly. The world goes back to normal after her like save the day speech, as if nothing happened, but it didn't reverse anything. So you're just saying like everyone's like, yeah, we went through this like almost apocalyptic event. And now we're back to normal. We're celebrating Christmas in the street somehow. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking about Steve Trevor coming back and it being, you know, we knowing that it, it can't be real. It's got to be tied to... I, I was expecting heartbreak. But mm. for me, I couldn't get on board with, with him being back because I just kept thinking, like, this is not Steve Trevor. Like, it's not mm -hmm. him. So when she has to wish him away or renounce her wish... It didn't do anything for me. And I, you know what? I'll admit to you guys both right now. I was expecting some nice heartbreak, man. I could, I could have got done with a, a, you nice, that a nice cry. <laughs> I wanted that. I wanted, I wanted to cry a little bit, you know? How did you feel about <laughs> the first one when he, you know, went off in the plane and it blew up? You know, I was choked up, man. I, okay, I saw good. that in the theater. Okay, I was like, that was, was good. That was good. <laughs> okay, good. I was <laughs> sipping on my Coke in the theater and trying to eat popcorn and hide the tears because that was good. Yeah. That was like mm -hmm. a good, mm, she, she didn't even really know what he was saying to her. Yeah. She didn't understand because she was all like woozy from the attack or the, the hit that she just took. And he was saying to her, and you couldn't really hear because the sound was distorted. You can hear what he was saying. And then while she's like fighting Ares, she can hear then Remember. it became clear what he was saying to her mm -hmm. and then yeah and it was like mm. and then you see him blow up in the distance and you're just like mm. <laughs> i'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry right now <laughs> yeah in this movie it wasn't really her making the choice he was the one who's like okay we should talk about this okay listen i'm not here anymore i'm already gone like he was the one telling her to do it so it wasn't really her choice mm -hmm. yeah i didn't like the line that she said you know you're you're the only thing i've ever wanted Mm. I'm like, mm, it's, hard, it's hard want, to buy. Like, peace, like at some point. I know. <laughs> That's a statement. Yeah, like I get, I get. You know what? I get that we're trying to give her a bit of a like a human emotion that that makes it difficult for her to to say like she has to let him go. But when you remember, like, okay, they only spent tops two weeks maybe three weeks together in the first movie i believe that they could have had something then and then her having to let him go or her uh, him being taken away from her in that movie means that whatever affection she had or attachment she had to him is is a serious loss but i didn't feel it in this movie i really didn't feel it i didn't I, when he was gone especially the way they did it with it being off screen yeah it just it just didn't do anything for me mm-hmm but what I don't was the think point it... of her like renouncing the wish and then putting on the armor and then going to fight? But like, she, did she even fight? No, she didn't need her power, so she didn't need to renounce her wish. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. They, so with so with Steve, right? They do the whole fish out of water thing, where it's sort of like role reversal, reversal where it's yeah. like, a, yeah, mm -hmm. in the first movie, he's introducing her to the world and you know teaching her how to like interact with other people and how to talk dress whatever and then she's doing the in this movie which is funny right but how long can you really do that until it becomes kind of weird and uh, the the parts where it got me is actually where he says you know he was gonna ride the bike to get to her mm -hmm. but he couldn't figure out how to get it to work and it's clearly an exercise bike the problem i had with that and i had to look it up this is after watching <laughs> 
this is after watching the movie a second time is actually exercise bikes were created or the first one surfaced back in like the late 1700s which would have been way before the first world war so you should have no question about what an exercise bike or or exercise mm -hmm. bike was and this is my whole thing about you know drawing kind of like parallel with uh x-men apocalypse is that when they first did i think it was like days of future past you know the scene with um Mm -hmm. quicksilver and that was like Mm -hmm. everyone thought that was like such a funny scene it was so good and they tried to replicate it in mm-hmm. um the next one in x-men apocalypse and it just didn't it just felt too forced it was like you guys know you you had a nice thing there going with the first one now you can do it again <laughs> and i feel like with wonder woman there are some like sequences where it's like oh you're just trying to to replicate it here and it's not going to hit the mark mm-hmm. yeah, and he he did a good he did a good job at at doing that whole fish out of water scene because it, it was for me it was probably the best part with him Mm-hmm. Uh, because everything else that he's in in the movie just seems like he's tagging along, but he's not really doing anything. Um, <laughs> Sorry, nothing. What, no, go ahead, say. What were you gonna say? <laughs> nothing. No, go on. We hear it. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> I know she, she's probably thinking about that scene on the trucks <laughs> where she just he's just like punching dudes. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and then where where they try to make you believe that he could fly a jet. Oh yeah from knowing how to draw or sorry knowing knowing how to fly a a biplane in in the 1900s it, <laughs> which clearly apparently it's the same thing so you know if you can draw if you can ride a bike you can pretty much ride a motorcycle is what they're saying <laughs> um how did you guys what did you guys feel about that cairo scene useless what was the point of going there yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they went there for two seconds and then they came back. <laughs> so for me, I was t- I was talking to you about this, Chris, and I was saying if mm-hmm. we cut that out of the movie, because the whole point he goes there is to acquire the oil industry from that prince, that oil tycoon, because we saw that he had like a little bit of a jealousy mm-hmm. complex um, when he was looking at the magazine, and that guy was called like the king of oil or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that kind of makes sense that he would go there. But keep in mind, at this point in the movie, he's already acquired so much, right? That mm-hmm. he's probably already far past this guy in terms of wealth. Um, but yeah, if you're one of those type of personalities, which they don't really illustrate that well, if you're one of those type of personalities that, you know, you can't let it go, you need to have have it all, mm-hmm. then yeah, he would go there, right? But did you need the whole sequence where they're chasing him, by the way, out of luck, in the whole of Cairo, mm-hmm. out of luck, they just happen to be driving down the same road <laughs> that that he's going past, and no one's questioning how how that's even possible. But anyways, they do meet up on the road, and then there's that whole action scene, which was underwhelming for me. That was an action scene. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, but maybe that's just like a testament to, you know, the fact that there wasn't much in the movie to begin with. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in the first movie, she flips open a tank. In this movie, she can't even kick the truck over. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so underwhelming for me. I was like, okay. Like, oh, okay. She saves a kid. Congratulations. That kid could have rolled over two centimeters and saved himself. Mm-hmm. The- oh, yeah. So the- there, we- there, where she, um, there were the kids playing in the in the street 
yeah. while the trucks the trucks were mm-hmm. like heading towards and she's like worried that mm-hmm. he's gonna kill the kids right there was mm-hmm. nothing to indicate about his character that he to is that like, <laughs> that he's that kind of guy that would kill kids right mm-hmm. but then she like okay it was a cool thing like he shot the rocket and then she lassoed the rocket and then it carried her far enough to get close enough to save the kids right but then when mm-hmm. you see the trucks approaching they actually split i know right? they they could have like you know if they were that type they could have just run right into her okay she might have been like a rock to them right because of her powers mm-hmm. but i think at this point in the movie they were trying to illustrate that she was losing her powers mm-hmm. so it was a challenge but keep in mind she couldn't kick two trucks apart that's what i'm saying we're like <laughs> we're like a scene before that she like tore, like she kicked okay she kicked the truck she was under the truck and she kicked it and oh, it yeah. flipped over right she mm-hmm. just did like a small kick between the gap that is between the road and where the truck is she kicked it and it flipped over but when two trucks were coming in together and she was between like she was sandwiched between them she couldn't she couldn't push them apart Mm-hmm. Which was, I mean, just a minute, just a minute before she just flipped the whole truck over. Some serious deterioration in the powers. same scene. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying the whole point of them going there was so pointless. Like you saved one kid, and they weren't even going to get run over in the first place. You know? Yeah. And can we talk about? Can we talk about the lasso for a second? No, I don't want to talk about it. I, just, I can't can, do it. I can't. Like, can we explain why the lasso? Like the attributes and the abilities of the lasso just seem to be changing every time we see it. Like it can deflect bullets. It can reach a 747 airline plane. It can hold on to lightning. (laughs) Yeah, like the the oh my god. Like they 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 do so many cool there's so many cool ideas that don't seem to fit the the story like they're just things that are happening for convenience mm. like when she's running right and she lassos the plane that's a far distance to lasso but then that lasso couldn't wrap around maxwell lord at the end of the movie mm-hmm. I know. because it was because it was windy or what about that scene with her and barbara going round and round like i don't know what. Really felt with the lasso oh my god that was the worst why did the fight scene have to be in the yeah show? so well Why because would... of the because of the yeah. special effects that's usually so whenever that happens it's usually an indication that they've they've spent their budget elsewhere mm. um and they either didn't have enough to or not i shouldn't say didn't have enough but they they weren't able to mm-hmm. deliver on the type of special effects that would have been required to make that scene um, any better than it could have been. That's the thing. It's the but, main. Like, it's is, the big scene at the end that kind of you it's know. It's the you biggest scene of the whole movie. Exactly. For that. Mm-hmm. But like that whole fight, and and oh, this God. is the part. Yeah, <laughs> this is the part where I think I, I had already been off the movie at about ten minutes in after you know the whole Sam Raimi Spider Man <laughs> stuff. But by the mm-hmm. point that we get to this fight, which I felt like there was a, a missing scene because. When Barbara turns into Cheetah, it happens off screen, first of all. When she encounters Diana, we don't even know if she's happy with the transformation because they don't tell you or they don't really show you much um, reason to believe that people who make a wish and they, their wish is granted, that they're unhappy with the results of their wish. You know how, like, mm-hmm. you guys ever watch, you guys ever watch Leprechaun mm-hmm. or um, 
I, I want to say it's like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that, where they like make a wish, but then the way it's granted to them is in a very like backhanded way, and it's like, oops, like you didn't mm-hmm. specify, you didn't specify exactly what you meant. Um, so I think the guy when she makes the sorry, go on. no, I was saying yeah. the guy who I remember I, some character or whatever he was having an argument with a woman and he's like i wish you'd drop dead and then she actually dropped dead i think <laughs> it was like maybe the only character that has some semblance of regret after making a wish probably in that movie mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so that was the yeah, yeah the restaurant um when you know and here's another thing like people are making wishes and for her the impact of making the wish just seems to happen slowly like she starts to lose her power slowly, but other people are making wishes and it's happening happening instantaneously. For instance, mm-hmm. that guy wishes, I wish you would drop dead. And then she instantly mm-hmm. has a heart attack. <laughs> it's like, well, where was everyone else's instant or where was Diana's instant loss of powers? Why didn't she learn right away that she had mm-hmm. no powers as opposed to it slowly fading from her, which is another thing they don't mm-hmm. explain. Or what but, about when at the end when everyone has to renounce the wish? How is that dead person supposed to renounce their wish if they're dead? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lazarus. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, they could have made it make sense where it's like if they get him to renounce his wish, it will undo everyone else's. But mm. they didn't even think like think that mm-hmm. part through. But going back to the fight for a sec. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we, we both, I think we all agree that it should have been like the highlight of the movie, right? It should have been the 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 best thing about the movie the thing you walk away thinking you know what mm-hmm. I, I didn't like the movie at all really but that fight that last fight the was sick. quality <laughs> <laughs> that fight was three minutes and 37 seconds mm-hmm. long that wasn't a and fight I, re- <laughs> I, I recorded it i recorded the entire length of that fight and i deliberately like i was pretty generous in my recording um it it the first the first introduction and when the fight starts, that whole sequence is exactly two minutes. Wow. Um, then they spend another minute swinging around. Oh my God. <laughs> and then uh, 34 seconds in the water towards the, to, yeah, towards the conclusion of the fight. And it, it just was such an underwhelming fight. Like we we're talking, like I was talking about earlier, like Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is a warrior. She's a fighter. She was built, she was raised to be a fighter. Mm-hmm. And to show up there and not get so much as a scratch from fighting. Okay, grant, granted she had the armor, the armor gets ripped. It made me so sad. But why did she even have the armor to begin with? <laughs> exactly, because she wasn't fighting. <laughs> she, she didn't know, she didn't know Barbara had turned into this cat person. Oh, that's true. <laughs> So why did she think she needed the armor? So in the second viewing, I, I thought, okay, maybe it's because she knew she was a, approaching a military base. Mm-hmm. And um, they were going to fire at her, like heavy um, heavy artillery. But in Wonder Woman 1, she deflects heavy, heavy artillery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she had her shield, mm-hmm. which deflected heavy artillery as well. Like in, the, in Wonder Woman 1, she full-on deflects like a rocket in that in no man's land scene like shoot a mm-hmm. rocket at her and she literally just throws it into the ground mm-hmm. not to mention she has the lasso that can deflect pretty much anything right but she went back to get the armor and there's no reason why there it made no sense she didn't even need it she didn't use it 
Yeah, she renounced her wish, so she's back to her full strength. I don't know why she needed the armor she in the first really place. <laughs> Got ripped apart. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, is supposed yeah. to be good armor? How is this happening? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And not to mention, like, that armor was supposed to be, like, it's supposed to withhold the, the you know, the full force of, like, an mm-hmm. army. Mm-hmm. And Cheetah, like, tears it apart. I mm-hmm. like the concept of it getting torn apart. Don't get me wrong. I like that idea. What I didn't like is the fact that she had it and it was pointless for her to have it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been cool if during the fight as Cheetah's tearing it apart, like it gets down to the part where she's like tearing more of it off and it's like it's it's like you can see she actually needed it because mm-hmm. without it, it would have been even more impactful to her body if she didn't have it. Or if she was in that fight and she didn't have her powers, it would make sense for her to have the exactly. armor. Exactly. Then because she would need the point, armor. Yeah, because at that point, you know, let's say Steve Trevor hadn't been wished away yet. And in that finale, she would have had to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you could have ended the movie with it being like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But then we we end the movie with her meeting the guy. <laughs> she meets the guy who she's basically been wearing as a sex doll throughout the oh. whole thing. Oh, no. <laughs> right? Not saying that no, one, no, one, no one's going to complain about being Gal Gadot's sex doll, but I'm saying she meets the guy and she pretty much gives him the look, right? She's like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the poor fool doesn't even think to like try and hit on her, right? Because he's, he's a good guy. He's the only good guy in the whole movie aside from Steve Trevor that doesn't try to hit on her. And you're telling me that because what I thought was going to happen was she's going to see that there is a potential for connection there. Um, yeah. For yeah, and that you know, like maybe mm-hmm. they'll spark something, right? Maybe that's what they were trying to hint at, but it didn't come across that way. Yeah, no. But uh, what did like how what did you guys think about it? I don't need her to have a connection. She can be in a lone warrior forever. <laughs> listen, we know she hooks up with other people. Okay? No, like, no, we no, know no, she, no, 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 no. <laughs> she no, hooks no, no, up no. okay just to give you some more context like they there are uh stories where she like has like both male and female lovers like you know what i mean like I she know, doesn't I know she and like she does love others beyond steve trevor and there's like times that she's even hooked up with like superman um there's times where she's like you know had moments with batman so it's like no there are other this, characters just right now in this you know warner bros universe she's gonna be forever alone and i'm fine with that i'm chill with that that's okay. Yeah. So, so Lindsay, so you, so you said that um, you said that you watched it mm-hmm. like in the beginning of the month. Um, did you have a chance to talk to About anyone it? else after um, seeing it? Yeah. Just you know what? No, I didn't go into in depth with with people, but just try to gauge their reaction after I was talking to my cousin. And it was just kind of general consensus. It was just was not good. It didn't meet anybody's expectations. It wasn't even at all like the first one. It it just this is the first real discussion. I think I'm so a little bit traumatized by it. Um, and then I'm talking about it now. <laughs> and uh, how about you, Chris? So I talked to um, my friends about it. And my friend's also a pretty decent uh, fan of Wonder Woman. But in general, she's not a big fan of superhero movies. So she does like Wonder Woman, but not movies in general. And her mm-hmm. first question about this movie was, why did they show all the superficial wishes? Like, why didn't they show the wishes where people were wishing for their kid to survive? They were, like, um, ill or people wishing for world peace and wouldn't those wishes cancel other wishes and i have to sit back and really think i'm like you're so right because everyone in this movie was uh, wishing for missiles 
or to be a king or to have a million dollars. Oh yeah, that brings me to one of the points I forgot to mention. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, so I, tell me tell me something Lindsay. You're the mm. president of the United States, okay? You've got this secret I think they call it Star Wars mm. project. I think I think that's what they refer to it as in the in the movie. You've got this secret like communication device that you're working on in the event that you need to communicate with all Americans or all people mm. in the world or whatever the case. Are you going to have billboards of this thing <laughs> sitting <laughs> in the White House for like literally every person to see? Definitely not me, but you never know with some administrations. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> because you you understand that you understand that if someone was smart enough to say, hey, guys, you know, this is like a top secret thing. We should like probably put it in a closet somewhere. This movie doesn't have this movie doesn't have a story. <laughs> or what about that, the, what about the issue of like the president wishing for missiles instead of, you know, world peace? Yeah. And right. was that a play on the Cold War? Because I, I think yeah. it was a little bit because they, there's so many like subtle things that they were trying to like mm-hmm. suggest in this movie a lot of people are drawing parallels between pedro pascal's character and you know donald trump and um you know a lot of some of the things that are going on in the, in, in the world in terms of politics and and things like that but I, I didn't get that i didn't i didn't draw that from the story but i i, I saw that scene and i was just like this is so dumb like <laughs> it if this is and first of all like the white house there are rooms like I, I from other shows that we've seen. Of course, I've never been to the White House. The, I'm sure that they wouldn't have you know war strategy stuff just out in the open <laughs> for anyone to see. Like I'm sure this would be in some bunker somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. And the like war generals are like sitting there and like really pondering whether it's a you know a tool that they should use or not. But man. I, I only had a chance to speak with a few people. Um, one of my friends, we got into a heated debate um, about like the whole fact that like I pretty much just seem to shit on all these movies when they come out. Um, <laughs> but it's usually it's usually from a place of being upset that this is what they were able to produce, knowing that they have so many resources, so many things to draw on. Um, it's usually just an anger that comes from the fact like you could have done anything and this was the story you chose to tell like what was the purpose of us seeing this movie what was like what was the story about this movie that was needed nothing apparently because even batman couldn't find records of any of this happening that mm-hmm. yeah there's that <laughs> but then like the whole the whole the whole message of the movie you know about cuz i saw one person saying like it's 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 an allegory for like the the turmoil that we live in today and um you know, it's meant to to reflect um, positivity in the world, mm. and I'm like, <laughs> not really, because the person giving the lecture, the person lecturing, was willing to forego one person's life for her own happiness. Mm-hmm. So you're already conflicted mm-hmm. in your messaging. I, I know we spent like the last hour pretty much shitting bad. all over it this was, movie, no, but like, um... I, feel like I, I, have to do I don't. <laughs> Great job, guys. Like, wait. Yeah. No, they deserve this. Okay, we're such big fans. We dedicated our lives to this. I have I cosplay as this. Okay, what am I going to do with my costume now? Hide in a corner and cry? They deserve this. They disappointed all of us. They need to know. So that that being said, were there was there anything good? Like did did you did you at least have 
you know, one thing that you liked about it or was there just so much that you hated about it that it overshadowed? Yeah, um, Diana in that white dress. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, the one she wears to the party. Oh, yeah, yeah that was nice. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris Pine? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How about... we're reaching for straws here (laughs) you know what so when i when i um finish watching a movie or if i'm about to buy a movie i usually think about some standards and one of the things that i consider is it it should have at least three things that i like if there are three things that i like i can justify adding it to my collection and after seeing this movie twice, and the second time I watched it, it really felt like it was like <laughs> the longest painful thing I've ever done. <laughs> I I can't pull anything out of it that I that I liked because I I thought, and maybe you guys might agree or you might disagree, but I thought they had some good content here. I just think that the execution mm-hmm. of that content was pretty bad, mm-hmm. and I think that if they had maybe mulled it over like gone through the details a bit draw the story out a bit more really kind of focused on some of the the points that they were they were because there's, there's so much crammed into this movie that i feel like they just kind of touch on a little bit i feel like if they had just done that maybe i could have pulled out elements of it that i like but i can't even say like the performances for me felt kind of flat even though we get to see diana's character exhibit more emotion like she does a good job of of trying to make you feel like she's going through the, the the pain, right? I still feel like her character kind of plateaus like mm-hmm. midway through the movie because like she learns to fly. Like here's one thing about the character too is like she learns to fly. But how does she learn how to fly? But then she you doesn't use that. How does that come about? Oh, because of <laughs> Steve. Like that's kind of what, mm, like oh, they're doing that right. again, where somehow her identity, yeah. her strengths, like all these things about her, somehow tied to him and i think therein lies a bit of the problem mm-hmm. too with this movie mm-hmm. i know mm-hmm. she's her she's a warrior like she's supposed to be able to do all these things by herself like this is what she was trained to mm-hmm. do since she was born you know like how does she even learn how to how to mm-hmm. make the jet invisible <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that too <laughs> but no like the whole like, i i still think that she did a good job at trying to bring more emotion to the character very rarely do we see like a sequel top the first one right like it was such a surprise that like the dark knight was actually Mm -hmm. better than batman begins Mm. like there's so many movies that have sequels that just drop the ball right but then they they end up finding their way again by the third movie or at least they they make amends for it right so we know that there's a third movie coming like what are you guys hoping hoping for because i i heard that we haven't seen the last of cheetah Oh. Um, even even though she renounced her wish for whatever reason, she renounced mm-hmm. her wish. But what what are your hopes for the third movie? Um, geez, I want it honestly. I want it to be a little bit in present day, which would be nice because you know in the last two movies mm-hmm. we've been going back in World War One, and, and now we were in the eighties. I kind of want to see something kind of current. Um, I don't want to see Cheetah. I'm going to be real with you. I just I really don't care to see her again. <laughs> so I hope that they pick a, a villain that's, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, more worthy, I guess, of Wonder Woman and have a little bit more focus on her, you know, her and her strengths and separate from Steve, separate mm-hmm. from um, any kind of, of love story there. So I would just like to kind of see her flourish in that way. 
Listen, I want to see Wonder Woman, like, break some collarbones, maybe not decapitate anyone, but, like, you know, do some heavy damage. I want to fight. She said in Justice League that she's killed things from other worlds before. Like, mm-hmm. can I see some of that? <laughs> I want to see some action, yeah. please. Yeah, like, I feel like this that would have been a great time. Like, this movie would have been a great way to introduce some of that, right? Like, even yeah. if they had done, like, some sort of flashback mm-hmm. on Themyscira or something mm-hmm. like that. Because... She says that to them, like, I've killed things from other worlds before. Let me see it. <laughs> yeah. So instantly, instantly after watching this movie the second time, I went on YouTube and I watched some of the other appearances that she's made throughout the DCEU. And like, she's such, she's so much more Wonder Woman in those movies that mm-hmm. I hope that my hope for the third movie is that they get to the point where we can see that she becomes that character, mm-hmm. right? She becomes that like warrior. She charges into battle. She didn't care. Um, you know what the enemy is or what the the chances of or her odds are for winning um, but she just charges into battle she's strong she's like she's leading by example pretty much and I hope that for the third movie that's where we go I don't know what villain they would use but I did hear that you know we haven't <laughs> seen the last of Cheetah so I don't know if they're gonna go with another origin for the character because there are different origins and I this one that they use for the movie is a little bit different but I yeah I if they bring Cheetah back, like she's gotta, she has to destroy Diana. Like I need to see Diana get beat up. Yeah, I need a fight. I, th- I don't even care if the plot is <laughs> crappy anymore. I just want like five fights, just no plot, five fights throughout the movie, like Mortal Kombat, like, just fight after fight. Like look at look at yeah, look at Man of Steel. Right, everyone has problems with Man of Steel. I mm-hmm. I personally love it, but Man of Steel at least gave us some of the best fights, fights we've ever yeah. seen ever. Right, like we like I still look. I still YouTube, you know, the Smallville fight scene. I still YouTube the the final fight at the end. Like, it was fun to watch just to see things like, you know, see Superman get tossed through a building because he can take it. You know what I mean? Like, you, mm-hmm. you can't see that with Batman. You see Batman get slapped <laughs> around. It's like, okay, well, you know. <laughs> That's the thing, too. Wonder um, Woman can take it. She can take bullets. She can take, like, rockets. She can take all of this. She's a warrior. She's mm-hmm. going to get back up and she's going to fight. Mm-hmm. Like she, she fought Doomsday. Like she, went yeah, up, that she was went a up, good she, fight. Yeah, she did the most damage to Doomsday. Mm-hmm. She did. She did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I always ask this question, and it's because it usually draws a pretty clear image for me. And I'm going to ask you both to tell me what you think. But on a scale of one to ten, what is the rewatchability factor of this movie for so, you guys? <laughs> I'll tell you this. Okay, so you asked me to do this. <laughs> with you and I thought to myself I should probably rewatch this so you know it's a little bit fresher in my mind I didn't so maybe that tells you that like it's pretty low I think for me um I, I, I if I see it on tv maybe but I'm not gonna go out of my way to be like you know what I really really want to watch right now Wonder Woman 1984 so if it's on maybe I'll, I'll watch it but I won't go out of my way for it probably like a three how about you Chris no, I watched wow, this movie three. twice on Christmas Day because I waited up to see it and then I watched it again with my family. And let me tell you, <laughs> I can go my whole life without watching this movie again. <laughs> my whole life. You know? <laughs> that being said, I mean, I'm probably in the same boat as you. Um, as far as rewatchability goes, I it's really low on my scale. Like, I have better chances of watching the entire MCU the entire mcu like movies than i do of watching wonder woman 1984 again and that's really hard for me to say because as as you guys know i'm a a diehard dc fan and i i 
I love their characters and I think their 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 characters are amazing, especially these three, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Um, I'm I'm that conflicted that I don't even know if I'm going to be buying this movie when when it comes out on on Blu-ray just because I, I can't justify putting it on my shelf. Mm. And that's that's going to be up. You know what the the honest truth is I'm probably going to buy it, but No, don't do it. <laughs> Listen, I haven't worn any of my winter clothes with Wonder Woman like merch on it because I feel shame. <laughs> okay. Maybe maybe I'm curious to buy it just to see what the special features are, just to get in the mindset. No, don't do it. What That's they torture. Thinking. What you're describing is torture. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that ends it for me. I, I pretty much got through all of the the speaking points that I wanted to bring up about this movie. Um, were there anything else that you guys wanted to sort of mention uh, or get off your chest now that we've <laughs> we've spent an hour? talking about it (laughs) all right then i guess we will end it here um thank you both for jumping on i appreciate uh you taking the time out to speak about wonder woman 1984 uh look forward to having you both on it again Uh, my next episode is probably going to be on the mandalorian um but i don't know when i'll be doing that um so yeah thank you guys this has been a great episode so for those of you keeping score My biggest points for disliking this movie centers around the weak story in comparison to the first movie. And some of those key points for not liking the movie include the performances by the main actors, which include Gal Gadot, Pedro Pascal, and Kristen Wiig. I think that even though they each tried to do the best that they could with the story, I think that the script and the story for each of the characters was not developed well enough. And even though Gal Gadot does exhibit much more emotion for Diana's character in this movie, a lot of it didn't rest well or didn't hit the mark in terms of helping us connect with her emotion just because some of those emotional scenes are tied to Steve. And I don't think that the way they tried to convey that emotion in the through the character, it doesn't seem to sit well or or resonate for me. Another issue I had was the lack of explanation about the Wishing Stone and the lack of consistency in its abilities. Um, For an item like this to be a major focus or center piece for the impact or conflict of the movie, to not have any sort of explanation about its origin or um, the rules that surround it, is a, is a key factor in why this movie doesn't work for me. Um, another fact or another issue that I had with the movie is the Wishing Stone and Maxwell Lord and the fact that Maxwell Lord secretly knew all about the Wishing Stone and knew that it had the ability to grant wishes and no one else in the story or in this world that they've created for this movie knew about it. And and don't forget, and keep in mind, there are other characters in the DC world who specialize or whose professions are focused on exploring ancient mythology and artifacts and civilizations that they could have used as a way of explaining how Maxwell Lord came to know about the Wishing Stone Um, Or they could have even done like a flashback. They could have tied in, um, you know, the wizard from Shazam. They could have tied in Hawkman. They could have tied in Hawkgirl. They could have tied in so many other ways to tie the crystal to modern day. Um, I think they just did not flesh out the story in that regard. And that is one key factor for why the movie doesn't work. 
And then another issue, and I think more than just myself had, more people than just me had an issue with this, um, which is the way they chose to bring Steve Trevor back into the story. Um, Having him be a spiritual embodiment of someone else. So him spiritually taking over someone else's body. It doesn't click well, I think. And I think it doesn't give you the sort of feeling that or impact that they they thought it would when she has to let him go because we're always thinking that this person is not Steve Trevor like the person Steve Trevor is in is not Steve Trevor like once he goes away that person will continue existing but he was never really there to begin with so we can't get on board with him coming back into the story just because we're always reminded of the fact that it's not him so i don't think it had as big an impact as they thought it would. And then, as with any superhero story or any superhero movie, if you don't have memorable or amazing action sequences, or at least a great final confrontation between the protagonist and the antagonist, you're going to drop the ball. So Wonder Woman 1984 is that one of those movies that did not have memorable action sequences it's definitely going to be one of those movies that i will forget throughout the years and i'm most likely to not go on youtube and search one of the fight scenes from this movie just because they were kind of lackluster and not not amazing so those are some of my main points for why this movie missed the mark and why i think it'll be easily forgotten but like i said if you like the movie that's great Either way, I'd love to chat with you about it, so be sure to follow me on Twitter at nerd underscore gab and on Instagram at nerdgab. And if you visit any of those two pages, there's a link in the bio that will lead you to the other ways that you can support nerdgab. So I hope to chat with you soon about all things nerdy. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.